best part about the Beard Awards is the opportunities that they give to people. And I think that for me, I probably wouldn't be in the position I'm in now, opening a restaurant in Chicago, had I not won that award. That has a significant amount to do with like my abilities to kind of write my own book now. Hello, this is Beth Schenker, and that was Chef Zach Engel. Welcome to The Big Schmear and part two of my interview with Chef Zachary Engel. In just a few months, he'll be opening a new restaurant in Chicago devoted to Israeli cuisine. In part one of the podcast, we found out about Zach's early work in the food and restaurant business. I start my conversation in part two by asking Chef Engel to tell me how he came up with the name Galit for his first restaurant. My daughter's name is Margalit. She is named for a winery in Israel which my wife and I went to when we first went to Israel together six years ago. So she's a lot of nicknames, as little kids do, but one I call her is Galit, and so that is the name of the restaurant. Uh, Galit also means wave in Hebrew, and my business partner Andres and I both went to Tulane. So the relationship is really about, like, on one side of it, it's really about me as a person, as a, as a chef. It's like the most important part of my life is my family, my wife, my daughter. And it's also about the relationship that Andres and I have and our partnership. And it will be Israeli food. How I choose to define that will change. Um, there's obviously going to be hummus and pita. There's obviously going to be falafel, shakshuka, stuff like that. But I'm going to try and cook with local seasonal ingredients here. Um, that's an exciting part for me is to get these relationships with these farmers built up and kind of do a little bit more exploratory work in bringing about dishes that like I cook at home or cooked with friends and family in Israel but haven't done in a restaurant setting. So that's really exciting. And it also is about having like a fun place to eat. And that's a very hard thing to define, but I'm just going with fun right now. It's going to be fun and exciting and interesting. And my style is not gaudy or showy. It's very like simple. I'm a hoodie, t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. My wife and I say champagne tastes on a Budweiser budget. (laughs) And so the restaurant will like be very nice and well-designed, but simple. And the wine list will be, you know, there will be Israeli stuff. And there will be some stuff from Sonoma because we lived in Sonoma for a couple of years. And we've, I'm in a position now where I can do something for that market where like I can be someone that buys a lot of wines from Sonoma because they need a lot of help right now. And it's also like a part of our story. And then some stuff that's a little bit more raw, natural wine list, because it's what my wife and I drink a lot at home. And I kind of want to mix, it's it's fun to mix that this is personal and homey and like very familiar, but interesting nonetheless. Nothing crazy expensive. We're also in Lincoln Park, so we want to be a restaurant, a neighborhood restaurant for Lincoln Park. So the kind of place where you can go casually on a, Tuesday, or you can have a big blowout for a birthday or an anniversary 
kind of like that mix and match. What about that? What will I find when I walk into that restaurant and look at the menu that will say to me, ah, this, this has Zach's mark. This is, I can just tell. So I'm going to keep that a little confidential. Okay. I, um, I can, and I can to tease it, that. to tease it a little bit, like it's that, it's that like fun. Like I want to have fun. I've been working in restaurants for 10 years and there's this like generation, I think of restaurateurs that kind of, there's a formula and you follow it and you take the formula really seriously. And it's, I would say it's very much how like Danny Meyer runs the Union Square Hospitality Group. It's all the fine dining amenities and service with more casual food. It's the Union Square Cafe model and everyone kind of follows that model. And I think that that's fine and it works and it's comfortable, but I also think like sometimes it's a little stale. It can feel stale. And so we're going to just have fun. It's hard to really explain beyond that. But the menu will be like fun and like cheeky, but not weird. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to I have to try this. Do you have a sense of when the restaurant's actually going to be open? We're hoping like February, that February, March, that date can change. It's a moving date. I am working around the clock to not have it delayed because I would really like to get back into a kitchen and start cooking again as quickly as possible. So I'm going to imagine that there's a lot of fun involved in getting this restaurant together and the concept and finding the right people to work with and all of that. But I also imagine that there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on you. And so I wonder what what is that like between now and when you open? You mean like um, from like a critical standpoint of the food being good? Well, I'm thinking about it on a couple of levels. Yes, okay. the food, but a restaurant, to get a restaurant up and going isn't just the food. It's, yeah. it's the building. It's the space. And... So the last, the last year, I was the culinary director for Pomegranate Hospitality. And I, was, I opened two restaurants with a lawn, one in New Orleans, one in Denver. So I got a good amount of practice on a lot of the organization and administrative stuff of construction, design, kitchen equipment, kitchen utensils, like training staff, writing schedules, all that stuff. So a lot of that work that I did for that to be able to set up a restaurant group that operates two restaurants very efficiently and profitably that are a thousand miles apart, that was the end game there. And so... I feel confident in that aspect. Doing it kind of almost virtually by yourself is a lot harder because like there's a lot going on. I've got a lot on my plate. But what I'm what I'm what's a little bit more tenuous for me right now is the other stuff at the ownership level. It's making sure that I'm figuring out the right balance of what employees play, pay out of paychecks and what I subsidize on a health insurance plan at different levels of the employees. How do how am I going to schedule the training? How do I balance this budget that I've set for myself to open the restaurant and make sure I don't go too far over? What's really the things that I think they're really necessary and what's not necessary? What do I cut? And that to me right now and where I'm at right now in early November, that's like terrifying part of it because there's a, that's a lot to kind of figure out. And it's hard once the wheels are turning to stop it and, like, tweak stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. The food, not that worried about it. And not to be overly confident, but I feel like 
I feel like my ability to put a menu together now is pretty great. I learned a lot working with Elon of how to make things like interesting, but appealing to people on a base level, not too crazy. And I'm starting with a smaller menu than I think a lot of people do, more manageable, building into stuff as we go along. And I've also been working on it for like a year in my house. So I feel like that'll be fine. Training, hiring and training staff. That's the thing, because I can only do so much. Andres and I can only do so much. That's the thing that's also really stressful, is enticing people to come work there, making sure their wages and their benefits are like on par and that we have a structure set up for them so they understand their opportunities for growth, where they lie in the company, what we do to protect them and take care of them, what their days of work look like, how their training goes. All that stuff is the other side of it that I haven't gotten into yet. Like I know how many bodies I need in the kitchen, but like who those bodies are, how they make up the culture, do they fit in with the kind of group of people that I want to have, and can I get them to a point where they can make the food to the standard that I want or serve the guests to the level that, that we want? That's the stuff that's like a little bit scary. And those are the things that keep you up at night, I think. So I appreciate you talking about that. And certainly as a patron to a restaurant, you don't want people thinking about all those things when they mm -hmm. go in. You want them to select menu items and have a great dinner or lunch, whatever, that a great dining experience. Right. But I also think it's interesting for people who take food seriously and think about it beyond cooking, what goes into starting a restaurant. And there's, I mean, it's one thing stepping in with all these pieces in place already. You've got the policy, you've got this going, you've got procedures. And this is really starting from scratch. So there's a lot of, a lot of work that goes into that behind the scenes. So thank you for sharing that. You talked a lot about your family and how important family is. So I, I'm wondering, I know this has to be a, a huge challenge for you, but how do you work on balance, family, balance, time for yourself? Maybe you get none, business and, and all of that. So my family for the last month has been in New Orleans still, and they're going to be up here in a couple of weeks. So I've been getting plenty of time to myself and... I look at it as I kind of chose this field, and unfortunately for me, it's extremely hard to do all this stuff and come out making like a pretty decent living. So far, what where I've gotten is because I try to always look at it and say to myself, am I working as hard as the guy next to me? If not, cool, got to work harder. I also have the great advantage to a lot of people is I have a great partner. My wife is understanding what I need to be really focusing on my work, but also is like an anchor. She balances me a lot and reminds me like you have to, Sunday is like, you got to be here on Sunday. We're going to the zoo. You're not doing anything else. And then we're going to be closed one day a week at the restaurant. And we're starting off with dinner only, which means that I'm setting the restaurant up to make the right amount of money to be profitable and pay employees, but also to balance out my work life. Because if that thing's open seven days a week, 365, lunch and dinner, I'm not going to be gone for a long time. Like I'm going to work there all the time. If it's open, I'm working because there's so much on the line. If I'm not 
they're either holding it together or getting my staff to a point where I, I know they're capable and confident enough to handle it if I'm not there so I can be away. That takes a lot of time. And so I'm blocking that time off for myself, like before we start. And that's a conscious choice. It could be, it'd be very easy to like be open that much, but I'd, I would die. (laughs) Easy in the short term, perhaps. Right. (laughs) So tell me how, and maybe you, maybe you can't talk about this yet. How is your restaurant in Chicago going to be different from other Israeli restaurants that already exist here? I'm going to try and make it be a little bit more attuned to my personality. I think that like Shia was very much, as much as I had an influence on what was going on there and like running day to day and all that, like that was very much like an embodiment of Alon and, and Zahav is very much like Mike works service every night there. And that's who he is. Like that's what that restaurant feels like. And I think that it's hard to say for sure now because I don't actually know what's going to happen. But my my thing is I'm, I'm going to focus on certain things to make it a little bit more personalized. Like having the wine list be specifically broken up into three different things that are very provide very different products, but each individually tell a story about the restaurant or myself. That's like a conscious choice to focus on. And it, it's more work for me because I could also just... Be like, yeah, give me whatever. I'll take Napa stuff. I'll take Santa Barbara stuff. I'm like, no, we're doing Sonoma. And so I think that's how it's going to be different. I also think it's funny to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm, I'm doing Israeli food the way it's supposed to be done. Like, no, that's ridiculous. I didn't invent hummus. I didn't invent falafel. I'm not the first person that ever made shakshuka and put skug on it. Certainly not the case. And I don't have... The, like I said, like the story of like the grandma, like I don't make something my grandma made and put it on the menu. And so I'm just going to make good food. That's it. Coming from an authentic place. It's Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to make good food that I think is delicious and shows some stuff that people eat regularly in Israel or ingredients or flavor profiles or techniques and just have fun with it and give people in Chicago an opportunity to enjoy it. Sounds good to me. If you could narrow this down to one thing, what's the one thing that you're looking most forward to with, with your restaurant? Teaching staff. For the last year, I haven't done a lot of staff interaction. I hired the chef teams at both restaurants in New Orleans and Denver and training them and showing them from a management standpoint, a lot of them are good cooks with management experience and being like, you can be super organized and work in a, I like to do everything. I use a lot of technology I use and in the restaurants too. And like showing people that you can manage people and use technology in your aid to do that. And I think that's really fun for me to kind of like push people towards like, you know, not using Excel spreadsheets for everything, but also like, getting an opportunity to have someone who's never made tahini before and like show them from start to finish how to make tahini because if they leave the restaurant and have the opportunity to like show what they learned working there then that means that I've like positively contributed the message of this food out into the world and I thoroughly enjoy the teaching stuff it's 
really fun for me. I feel like I'm adding value, but it's like, it's weirdly self-serving, right? Like if I show someone how to make it properly, they're going to do it for the restaurant, but also they're gaining a skill they're, they can't lose if they, if they tried. And that interaction is always really enjoyable. That's so cool. I, yeah. I really like that. So one last question, and that is, what will success look like for you in Chicago? It's an interesting question. I think that when the restaurant has been open for 10 years and it becomes an iconic staple of like the Chicago fine dining scene, I'll just use a couple examples. Like, so Boca, it's been around for 10 years. Blackbird's been around for, I think, 20 now. If I can get one restaurant that people view the same way as they view a Boca or a Blackbird, then to me, that's the success. And that's just speaking about this one restaurant. There's a lot of successes you can have in different ways. Like, I could say, like, oh, I want to own a boat. You know, if that's what it is, that's, that's the long-term goal that, I def- that I'm defining success as, is I want to have an icon. I want to, I want to own and operate an sh- iconic Chicago restaurant in 10 years. That's what I think would determine, like, people would be like, yep, they're very successful. Great goals. And, um, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> and, and hopefully people living in the Chicago area and those visiting Chicago over time will, will come by and help you out in that regard. Yep. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Beth. I this, appreciate it. This was really great, and I am so excited about trying the new place. Thanks to all of you for listening to The Big Schmear today. My recording engineer is Nick Brosty, and our mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatino Duo for their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. Be sure to subscribe to The Big Schmear and like us on Facebook. Don't forget to check out thebigschmear.com to find recipes shared with my guests. Thank you for listening and happy eating. <laughs>